0: And welcome to Episode 1 of Circle of Trades. I'm Todd Studer, and in studio with us today, the man himself, Travis Waldstein of AirServe Heating and Air Conditioning Council Bluffs. Travis, how's your world going on right now? We're in the middle of winter.
1: Uh, yeah, it's three, two, three months uh, waiting for spring. <laughs> waiting for <laughs> Just spring. that I'm gonna quick. Call, I'm going to cough for what it is. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for spring.
0: And it's, I, I'm sure it, it can make your job a little more difficult, can't it? Uh, having to get out there in this weather could be because it, it seems like nothing ever... Goes wrong until it makes it the most difficult time to get there.
1: Well, you know, everything breaks on the coldest day of the year, and when the mechanic's not around to hear it, you know, so it's. Yeah, the, winter time's the toughest because if you got to go outside do work, if you got to dig into the ground or you got to get underneath a mobile home or do whatever, yeah, it makes it a great. It, it's bad enough in the summertime, but it really sucks in the wintertime.
0: I wonder how how deep do you have to go if you dig it into the ground because that 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 uh, ground frosted that it, it gets down there, doesn't it?
1: Um, well, gas lines and council bluffs are eighteen inches minimum. So you know the idea of sitting out there with a pickaxe trying to dig out a line to run a gas line, or if you got to dig down four foot for a You know, for a main plumbing line coming outside, yeah, that's not my idea of a good time. So,
0: You came to me with this idea of doing a podcast. What was going through your mind when you started thinking, you know, this is something you wanted to do?
1: Well, I don't know. Probably We were probably talking Iowa football at some point. Yeah, there's a good chance of that. Yeah, there's a real good chance of that. (laughs) You know, here's where I'm at. I've been in this trade for 29 years. Moved down here in 96. You know, seen an evolution where there was trades in the school, you know, your shops, you know, your metals, woods, that kind of stuff. And then it's really totally gone away. You know, there's been a big initiative through the Department of Labor to talk about trades and bring, you know, and bring it back into you. Because there's a severe shortage in in all the trades right now. I don't care if you're a plumber, electrician, carpenters, framers, you know, just look around and make some phone calls if you need to get something done. If you don't believe me, I'll tell you. And, you know, this is much about education, you know. Listen, we're going to talk some about heating and air conditioning because that's what I know best. But it's going to be some opportunities to get some people in, talk about what they do, you know, in the construction industry. Get some information out there, you know, that's informative to the, to people that they can use, whether they use us or they use somebody else, you know. Um, information, have a little bit of fun in the process. So, And I like to have fun, so.
0: Well, yeah, we've we've known each other for a little while. Yeah, you like to have fun. I do.
1: I like to have a lot of fun.
0: (laughs) I'm curious, though, you brought up uh, something with uh, trying to get education out there to get people interested in making a career out of the trades. It's not just the uh, existing contractors that are having difficulty finding staff and finding workers to uh, get out there and do the projects. It's the contractors itself. There's not as many of you out there anymore.
1: no. There's probably been what I would say a good 20-year gap where, listen, every high school kid has gone into computers or, you know, science, which, listen, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, You know, I've got kids that have went into the trades. I've got kids that have went into the other other side of it. But there's been so many that have gone into what I call the professional side, your ITs, uh, programmers, you know, just you don't want to answer phones, do that kind of stuff. There's a lot of people that don't even know this side of it where, if listen, if you want to get a little bit dirty, there's a lot of money to be made now. But, you don't, but they don't hear about it. They don't know about it. They don't know how to get into it. Sometimes they want to get into it. They don't know the right steps. So, uh, you know, it's frustrating. You know, you got some guy who wants to get into it. Maybe he's been given some bad information. Um, that's probably the hardest part. You know, but is trying to get that information out there if people want to get into it because if you're willing to work and get dirty, you can. It's not that difficult to get into the trades.
0: No, and it's a way for a young person to kind of hit the ground running. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait uh, years or ten years or wherever to work your way up into middle management or something where you're making a decent salary. You can do this fairly quickly, and you can have a good life right now.
1: Absolutely. You know, here's the other part of it. If, if you go to college, uh, if you go to high school and, you, and they're heavy time about college, my, my kids went to Lewis Central here in Council Bluffs. Uh, great school, great program. But, you know, the focus on, on there was, hey, you need to go to school. You need to go to four-year school. You go talk to the guidance counselors or whatever. That's what they want. You know, that's where the push was. You know, lesson I had one child that went that route. Uh, my other, you know, my other child that, that happens to work for his child he's 25 now. But, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't want to go to school. He, he didn't want to go to school. He says, like, I'm done with it. You know, he went and did the Marines for four years, kind of go, so does us a little bit. He's, you know, but he worked for me in high school, did some of this in the Marine Corps, said, hey, I like it. Come back home. He's, you know, he's worked been in a trade for seven or eight years. He's 25 years old, got zero college debt, doesn't have a college degree, but he's got a journeyman, a journeyman license for HVAC uh, and is taking his plumbing journeyman right now. You know, and listen, he's making quite a bit more money than a lot of people coming out of school with a four-year degree do, and don't have the debt. And, and he didn't have to sit in front of a teacher for four years reading books and doing all the homework. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't learn it didn't work, but it was a different, it's non-traditional. Learning hands-on. You know, someone is a mentor, journeyman, someone that's been in the trade, helping you learn to do the process.
0: Every kid uh, that I knew, anyway, going through school, and I went to a really tiny high school, but we all did shop. Mm-hmm. We were all in, you know, My when I was a freshman, it was woodworking, and then as a sophomore, it was metalworking, and then we got into the small engines and different stuff like that, and it was just something you did back then. It, I don't know that that is really all that popular anymore. Yeah.
1: I went to high school in Spencer, and that they had a industrial trades program, you know, we had Mr. Ready for woodwork, and then we went over to Larry's for a metals, and then we had auto class. We had all that stuff. You know, Lewis Central and my older boys went through. they didn't have much of a industrial arts program. They didn't have a building. They had like a couple classrooms, and that's it. You know, a little bit of woodworking. A little bit of, you know, building trade stuff, you know, metals, that kind of stuff. Now, with my younger son that just finished up with school, they've recently just finished, added on to that school. They added on a whole wing, and that's all it is, is industrial arts stuff. And part of the reason is because it hasn't been taught for 20 years, and we need to get people back into it there's a need for it
0: i don't think and we need to stress this is not an either or thing it's an and thing you want to add all of this back in i mean everyone knows mike Rowe, and they've all seen him across uh, every media platform and his dirty job show and all of that different stuff and and i think what he's doing is vastly important because it's guys like you and it's guys like everybody else that's in the trades that that keep this whole system running we we can't do everything else, all of these uh, young people and professors and everything that are going to college and going that route, they're just in an empty shell of a building if it's not for what you do and making sure that everybody can stay, you know, comfortable and, and uh, the way things need to be.
1: Well, it's not just comfortable, it's about health and safety if you sit down and think about it. Um, you know, and that's the, you know, that's, the, that's the important thing. I mean, you know, having the lights on being able to use, being able to use plumbing, you know, indoor plumbing. I know, 100 years ago, I was watching 1883 last night.
0: The the I'm a the, I'm a fan. Yeah, okay.
1: I watched the first episode. Me and my wife really like it. So, but you know, you live know, at that time; they didn't have any indoor plumbing. They were talking about carrying 40 gallons of water up to the bathtub. That
0: was episode one. He was yeah. carrying all that water up to the bathtub and trying to make it hot when he got there.
1: Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> you know, but that's just that was a that was 120 years ago. I mean 120, hundred and twenty, hundred and forty years ago, it's in, in the time of history, it's not that long. And now you look at it, you have twenty thousand our kitchen remodels, fifteen thousand our bathroom remodels. You know, they have to you have hot water, you have cold water, you have fancy faucets and all that stuff happens. Well, somebody's gotta put that in. You want your house to be comfortable or your business to be comfortable? You need electricians, the wireless to stuff to be safe. You need a general contractor or a construction guy to be able to frame and, and, and build that property. Then, plus, now if you look at it from, you know, with everything going smart home, you know, everybody's wanting to have wireless thermostats and being able to dim the lights and all the neat stuff where you see about smart home stuff. Well, you know, that you get into a little bit of the IT stuff, but someone's got to put in the hardware, someone's got to do the work on the backside and be able to understand and work with that stuff. And that's where your tradespeople all come in
0: yep and well i'm curious because we've been talking about you know staffing issues how are things with you are you able to uh, keep a full crew going all the time or are you looking
1: i'm always looking right now we're in a good spot but here's you know you never know when things are going to change you're always recruiting at least we are always recruiting a big thing for us is training you know we do you know uh and i'm going to talk state of iowa in particular uh, and I know there's gonna be some Nebraska listeners and others around the country too. But state of Iowa has an apprenticeship program for most of your trades uh, for plumbing, HVAC, electrical, whatever. We participate in that apprenticeship program where you've got so much classroom time, and then you have, you know you have your hands on time. A lot of your hands on is we do some training at our shop. My guys are actually out physically working, doing a job, learning from senior level people. Sending guys to class outside of that apprenticeship program, so we dump a lot of money in training. I would say, if I took a, if I just took a look at my training dollars last year, alone, I probably spent between thirty and forty thousand dollars really? just in training. Wow. The reason being is this is not a knock in any school or whatever. It's just that there's been such a void to get people that are green but mechanically inclined and find the right person we want we found that at this point our best option is to to train the people the way we want to do it in-house now that doesn't mean i'm against you know what iowa western is doing council bluffs has got their they got their program as far as a pre-apprenticeship stuff and they've spent a ton of money between thomas jefferson and al with their programs lewis central is involved with it here locally all them programs are needed, but for what we've wanted. And listen, if any way from them schools is qualified and wants to come work for me, I definitely uh, listen to them. But sometimes them kids have been hit up by X, Y, Z, and so I'll talk to the kid. Maybe he's been out of school for a year, likes to tinker with cars, likes to get his hands dirty, likes to do stuff, but it's not sure what he wants to do. He says, "Well, come in and give us a shot." You know, you know, maybe he's working in a restaurant saying. Hey, this isn't my idea of a good time. I don't mind work, but the hours are I don't want to be working every night till 10 o'clock. you know? Well, come and give it a shot, you know and if we like them, then we start the apprenticeship process.
0: How far back do you go with being with working for yourself? because I'm assuming you get started in this with somebody else?
1: Yeah. My uncle Rick got me into this trade. Uh, he grew up in Northwest Iowa. Um, he graduated from Northwest Iowa Technical College in Sheldon in the 70s, and then he moved to Dallas, Texas. Um, and when I was in high school, I went down there quite a bit in the summertime to see him, and he was doing a lot of commercial heat, heating and air conditioning work, and so I'd go ride with him. Um, after high school, I joined the Navy, went and worked on F-18s, did a Westpac, decided, well, the Navy life in California was not my way. Uh, came back, was going to go to school, depending on what to do. All my friends, were either auto mechanics or farmers, Well, my family couldn't farm, you know. I didn't want to be an auto mechanic, sorry. And I've got a lot of friends that are. Thank God, you know. But uh, for me, I like the idea of heating and air conditioning. So, moved back, went to Mason City, uh, went to a two-year community college up there in Nyack, got my degree in climate control technology while my wife got her nursing degree. Ended up down here, worked till from 97 to... 2009 and in 2009 is when I you know start you know bought into AirServe. AirServe's a franchise but it was pretty much a new new business at that point so you know I've been at it 13 happy 14 years in June.
0: And with AirServe it was kind of it was a way for you as a business owner to hit the ground running too because there was always kind of kind of an existing model in place.
1: There there's a model in place like my wife like my wife said you could have went in to Harvard and got a degree. Or you buy a franchise. <laughs> Some of my franchise people may not appreciate that, but you know, you when you go into business, you have to learn. Sometimes you learn things the hard way. I mean, you don't wake up one morning become a businessman. You're the smartest person in the world. Frankly, the first three years, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Being part of a franchise, you know, especially early on, helped to understand them mistakes. Now, as time goes on, you know, you develop the brand, you grow the brand, and there's pros and cons to it, you know. But we've been a part of it for 14 years. The name's grown. The brand's grown. You know, my kids have walked through schools, and, you know, if they're not in their Iowa stuff or their Lewis Central or Green Bay stuff, you know, my, my son Hayden, there's not a day he doesn't have an air surf sweatshirt or jacket or whatever on. You know, I walk around. So you get to know who they are. And, uh, you know, it's a brand, but, you know, what we've tried to do locally is, hey, this is us, you know, this is, you know, this is my business. And then, you know, I've got 12 people that work for me, you know, and hopefully if I'm treating them right, you know, they'll help promote the brand and business too. And luckily for me, they've, I feel we've done a pretty good job we're not perfect, but we try our best. I'll put it to you that way.
0: Well, and with you, it's one thing to, okay, I've got the knowledge, I know how to, um, replace a water heater, but there's so much business side, uh, oh, that yeah. goes into owning your own business that w- you and I are going to have some commonalities. I mean, I, I have recording studios, you have uh, a heating and air business, but yet there is going to be some common things in there well, on the business side that we're both facing and it's almost the exact same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. There, there's, the, there's the business side of it. And then the other side that really... I think is really key to what we do is the customer service side of things. We I've had this discussion with other franchise owners and just people that are out there in general. You know, we're I'm a I do heating and air conditioning, but at the end of the day, I'm in the customer service business. I'm in the relationship building business. You know, so it, just because I do heating and air conditioning, I'm not coming and say, Todd, hey, do you need a new furnace and AC today? the day? No, I mean that's not gonna happen. It's gonna be a heck of a lot easier for me to get to know it, know, like, and trust, you know, and then if you have a problem, you know, hopefully maybe you'll call me, maybe you won't, you know, I, you can't base your, your business on, you know, just because your relationships, I'm like, I've got some great friends that don't necessarily use my business, but you know, I'm, I'm friends with them, do work with them. Now, hopefully if we do it, you know, hopefully at some point, you know, if they decide not to use me, you know, I'll get that opportunity and then. We'll step in but but as far as a business from a business perspective that's how we've that's how we've done it and i think that's any business you know we have someone that answers their phone 24 hours a day i've got two gals at work in the office they answer their phone i've got three thousand contacts on my cell phone <laughs> we have a you know but that's all part of customer service communication and i i don't understand how companies you know let things go to an answer machine or uh, you know, or not go to a service because if they, if I don't pick up the phone, they're going to call somebody else at will, especially on a night or a weekend or whatever. During the day, everybody, most people insert phones, but you know, a lot of companies don't. And you know, to me, the, unless you're so busy, you don't need the work. But even at that, at some point, to me, being in that communication is huge.
0: I think you're talking about maybe the most important thing from being a successful business owner such as yourself to someone who's just kind of dabbling in it and wondering why they can't keep business and they make it comes in spurts and then it goes away. You and I when we began talking, I told you that I used to own a painting company so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm i have no idea how to do what you do but i have i'm in the i'm familiar with the world my father was a carpenter you know this type of thing
1: so and you don't want me painting that's my (laughs) mother-in-law
0: but when i was breaking away from working for somebody else and i was going to have my own painting company i asked a few people about if if someone uh if you were talking to a painter and they were going to be coming into your house to do some work. What is some of the most important things that you're looking for? So I was kind of doing my own little research and a, a buddy of mine told me this and it has stuck with me since the day he said it. He just very simply, he answered, call me back. If I call and you don't answer the phone and I leave you a message, it is beyond frustrating when i never hear back from someone when i'm trying to get a project done and that is a common thing it's not if you look at businesses that are in the trades and they are successful every single one of them is going to do exactly what you talked about that communication and making sure you're communicating not just with your current clients but potential clients is more important than anything else you that is step one of getting new business. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I, like I said, I've got two gals in my office, uh, Jane Morris, which is my sister-in-law, and uh, De- Desiree Cornelson, and she just got married. And I actually replaced an account uh, an accountant bookkeeper with Desiree. And part of the reason I did is I wanted to make sure that we were doing outbound calling to our customers. So if, if one of my texts did a quote for something or if I did an estimate for something, somebody, and I'm busy, that, you know, we're following up to make sure we're not dropping the ball, or, hey, we need to schedule this appointment. And that's part of the process if, for us, is to have that communication so that customer isn't feeling like they're hanging. That's a huge thing with that, because so many companies don't call, or they'll tell you they're going to be here Tuesday, and then three weeks later, you call, them, oh yeah, well, this or that happened. Well, you, if you got a timeline or let's say you got a graduation or whatever life happening is, I hate to say it, people don't want to wait. It's not about the money. I mean, money's important. Don't get me wrong, but people want to be taken care of, period. And, and so if you wait, you know, if you don't re- reciprocate that, they will call somebody else. And, and And the people that return the calls are the ones that are probably going fast because they're willing to pick up the phone and call that person back.
0: Circle of Trades, this podcast. Mm-hmm. What is your uh, thoughts about what this is going to look like moving forward?
1: Well, we're going to talk about different stuff as far. I, we're going to a couple different things. I guess let me let me backtrack here a little bit. We're going to talk about heating and air conditioning. We're going to talk. I, I've got two or three friends that are electricians. I'm going to bring them in. I have a plumbing license, but I've got a couple people that I would more than happy to bring in, a couple builders that we work with, talk about different stuff with the trades maybe bringing a couple of my people talk about different facets you know, with heating and air conditioning, there's always pe- there's always things that people want to know. You know, and I'm always open to ideas. So I mean, if you see me in the street or want to throw a tomato can at me or whatever, uh, you you know, um, you know, I promise we won't talk about Iowa, Nebraska too much on here. So because I could talk about that subject.
0: Well, we'll see what happens when we get around Thanksgiving time. Yeah, we'll see. Year. We'll see how much that stays
1: off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all I'm going to say once every eight years, we'll give it to you. So uh, <laughs> that, that's all I'm going to say. Go Hawks. But. Uh, Um, But, you know, I want to get a chance to educate some people, too. Like I said, as far as younger generation getting into this, and even 30 or 40-somethings that, hey, I'm tired of working in the professional world. I want to get my hands dirty. What do I, you know, what do I got to do? And frankly, a lot of it is show up on time. Don't be on your phone. Don't, uh, you know, and when it's time to work, don't be sitting there playing on the phone. We We have a job to do. And you know, and be willing to learn. If you're willing to do them two, four things, I mean, because your apprenticeship, if you're working for me, starts the day first day, you show up at the job. So your hours count from that point forward towards you getting your licensing and growing this as a career path. You know, and if you're not sure, go work for somebody for a week or three days or go right along. I We've done more ride-alongs in the last six months. Last week, we had a high schooler from AL, his dad, his dad, uh, Um, his family in the business, and he's never seen what this is about. So he came and rode with us for two days. I put him in service one day, and then the next day he rode an install. I figured he'd like service better. We were doing a job down at Crawl Space. He liked the installation better. I thought, hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay, we want to work with this guy. Yeah,
1: exactly. You know, he didn't mind getting there. He liked being and seeing how stuff went together. And because if you're doing an installation, it's like a big puzzle piece. If you're like doing a lot that's a lot of what it is. You know, hey, we got ductwork, we got gas line, we got electrical, we got PVC, we got thermostat wire, we got you know line sets for the AC. There's a lot of stuff that has to go together, and and when it's done, it has to all function. And he really liked that part of it, and he got to get it, he got to get a little bit dirty in the process. So,
0: well, Travis, I'm I'm really excited for this. This is uh, just. From this first one, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. So, and we will eventually talk Iowa something. I mean, you and I are both Iowa boys. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, well, like, like, like I said, it, it you know Iowa State, and Nebraska might have got us this year in football, but you know, like I said, last time I checked, it's still Hawkeye State. But uh,
0: well, and what I what I told them was, you know, congratulations on uh, very hard fought victories and good luck in your bowl games. Oh, wait a minute.
1: Oh, They didn't go to bowl oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, by the way, if you are Vikings fans or Cowboys fans, yeah, I like to bag on them pretty good too, because I'm a Packer fan. So it's all
0: good-natured fun, <laughs> and it, the last that I've checked, you know, I may be a Hawkeye fan, but as hard as I've argued with Kirk Ferentz, he's never let me play.
1: No, so that's right, that's it's
0: really right. got. I have nothing to do with the outcome.
1: No, absolutely. Well, my wife, I remember we went to the governor's ball back in 2012, and. Kirk Ferentz and his wife marrying a couple from universe five came down to the ball at midnight after the deal. And we're sitting downstairs and wife got pictures and the guy I was with is a huge Nebraska fan. And then of course I'm a huge Iowa fan. My wife goes up and introduces himself and says, Hey, my boys are going to play for you someday, you know, in three or four years and blah, 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 blah. So I've had three or four encounters with Kirk. I've had one with Tom Osborne too. So, which is kind of interesting. So.
0: I, I had an opportunity to interview Kirk Ference once in a previous radio world and he's he's the real deal uh, he he, uh, uh, he makes time for everybody he understands uh, that portion of it that talking to folks is part of his job and he, he's very genuine about it I'm anytime that we start going through this thing about firing Kirk Ference I'm i am I'm thinking, you know what? We should be happy we've got him for as long as we have, and I'm I'm thrilled that he is representing that school. So anyway, that's just my little speech.
1: Yeah. I, I've, like I said, great, great guy. Listen, I think you know, don't forget college football. I think iowa Iowa State and even Nebraska. I think I actually made a good hire uh, with Matt Rule. And, yeah, so and do look, I. I all, and truth be known, deep down, I want all three teams to be good because I don't want to hear that when Iowa beats them. Well, They were down or this or that. I'd rather beat them <laughs> when it good, so there's just nothing
0: to talk about. Either. I felt that way about Notre Dame when Notre Dame was going through that really down period. It was like, how can you hate a school that's losing all the time? Get good again.
1: Yeah, get, get <laughs> good know? again. It's not hard to hate them. It, <laughs> it, 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 exactly. And my, my friends in Nebraska says, yeah, she wants to be good. Yeah, it's a lot more fun. It's more fun to beat you 40 to 10 when you're 9 and 2 on the schedule than it is to beat you 56 to 14 when you're 3 and 9. Yeah, know? that's true. I, I, oh, did I say that out loud, so. <laughs> so, um, but no, as far as this goes though, I mean, really, you know, I, I've got 29 years into the trades. I've got, you know, my family farmed, my uncle got into the trades. I mean, there's so much going on in the city and the County, as far as locally, as far as business and stuff going on. Um, you got advanced Southwest Iowa, you got 712 and all this work is being done from them organizations. Well, it's people like me or contractors that are out doing the vast majority of that work. You know, you got bricklayers, you got different people that are different aspects of that. And I think it's important to understand what they do, what's involved with it. Because, listen, you walk in Home Depot or Menards or watch Homes on Homes and it thinks, oh, well, we can do this in an hour and blah, 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 and it'd be done. It's never that simple.
0: Well, regardless of where you found this podcast, there will be a comment section. So if you have a topic that you would like to hear on Circle of Trades, uh, leave a comment there. And we will be sure to uh, get uh, uh, that topic onto the list. And also, you know, if you leave your name, we might even say hi to you on here as well. (laughs) So (laughs) that's how all of this works. Travis Waldstein, owner of Air Surf Heating and Air Conditioning in Council Bluffs. Thank you, sir. I'm excited.
1: Sounds good. We'll talk to you next week.